Harry made a special trip to my office to let me know that I would be surprised by the bells. I was indeed surprised by the bells on that one. So glad we rolled with it there. Just a word as we move towards the proclamation of the word. Um, It is really good to see your faces or your eyes um, in this place and to have you in this place. Uh, Obviously, I've been here two months now, um, which seems kind of crazy. I've probably only been in your living room until this morning. Um, It's just really good to see you here and to have you in this space. It's it's good to have um, people that I can preach to in this space. Um, I know that I'm not the only one who's appreciative of that. So thank you for making your way here today. For those who are joining us virtually, we are glad that you are with us in this place too. Our gospel reading today continues after the triumphal entry. It is simply verse 11 of the 11th chapter of Mark. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. So often in Scripture, often in Scripture, the most impactful Texts are hidden. The most impactful questions come from the throwaway lines of a story. Everyone on this day is focused on the parade, and rightly so, with the cloaks strewn across the road and palm branches laid there. The attention of all goes to that grand procession into the city. Triumphant, we call it. But all I can think about is what is going on inside of Jesus as he stood in the temple and as the gospel says, looking around at everything. This 11th verse in this 11th chapter. What was going on in the person of Jesus inside him, in his soul? as he stood in that holy place looking around. My imagination, it it makes me ask a number of questions. As he stood there taking it in, was his heart beating quickly? Were his shoulders tense as he looked upon that space? Was his breathing a little quicker than it needed to be in that moment? What did it smell like in that space? Who was there? As he looked around, did he see familiar faces? People that he had known for a while? Or was it more strangers? And more so than that, what thoughts passed through his mind as he looked? Did he contemplate everything that that week would hold? For him, he knew indeed it would get worse. He had been prophesying it for a while now. No one had listened or understood. He spoke of a temple being destroyed and three days later it being rebuilt. He spoke of the need to suffer 
Did you think about those things in that moment? Did the setting sun chase him away that day or was it anticipatory grief? Did he pray a quiet prayer into that space as he departed? There is a world unto itself wrapped in the 11th verse of the 11th chapter of the Gospel of Mark. Jesus stands in that temple with many roads behind him and one very Was there a voice in that moment? Was there a voice in that moment that spoke into his trouble? Of the road that lay ahead of him, his faith, his understanding of himself even, promised something beyond the wilderness of suffering that he would walk through that week. That's what his faith promised. His faith held within it the lesson that the wilderness was not his final destination. But did did he sense that in that moment? Was there a voice that reminded him of this truth? Perhaps the voice of God. Because it turns out, when we find ourselves in the wilderness, we need to be reminded of this truth. We need to be told over and over again, because one of the powers of the wilderness is that it can disorient us. One of the powers of the wilderness to disorient means that we might feel, when we are in that space, we might feel that there is no way out. That there is no coming out the other side of this thing. So was there a voice to reassure him of that truth? Or even a voice that would challenge it? If I am being honest, on my best days, I have been a voice of reassurance. But on, on my lesser days, I have been a voice that challenges not only how I will navigate my own wilderness, but I, I don't help other people when they are in theirs. Perhaps on your best days, you encourage. And on your worst, you, you turn down that promise. You don't communicate that to someone. Billy Lucas died on September 9th, 2010. He was 15 years old. While Billy never self-identified as gay, friends said he had been tormented for years because other kids thought he was. Billy took his own life a few days or a few hours after his classmates told him that he deserved to live. Billy's death was the first widely reported teen suicide in September of 2010. Within weeks, though, America and the world would come to know the names of at least 10 more gay or perceived gay teens, each who would take their own life to escape the emotional torture. The news of Billy's death prompted nationally syndicated columnist Dan Savage and his husband Terry Miller, both victims of bullying during their youth, to launch the It Gets Better project. At the time of Billy's death, Savage wrote this in his weekly column, I wish I could have talked to this kid for just five minutes. I wish I could have told Billy that it gets better. I wish I could have told him that however bad things were, however isolated and alone, he felt it gets better. 
Within two months, the It Gets Better project evolved into a worldwide movement inspiring hundreds of thousands of user-created videos aimed at providing hope and encouragement to LGBTQ youth and tens of millions of views of those videos from those who needed to hear the message. You see, Dan and Terry understood an abiding truth that when we are in the wilderness, we need to be reminded that the wilderness is not the final destination. They understood that we need voices to remind us of that. But if I am to confess, on some days I am a voice that reminds, and on some days I am a voice that denies that for others. Perhaps you are too. It is perhaps one of the most tragic failings of the Christian. Not the Christian church per se, because if we were to place the blame on the Christian church, we might somehow displace it from ourselves. It is perhaps the most tragic failing of the Christian, an inability to articulate to a weary wilderness wanderer that there is life and possibility and hope beyond the wilderness in which they find themselves. To sit with someone in their wilderness and say, I don't know what this wilderness holds for you, and I don't know how long you are going to be here, and I'm not sure what coming out of the wilderness is going to look like for you, but if you let me, I will sit with you in this wilderness, and I will walk with you in this wilderness, and I will remind you that there is something beyond this wilderness, because if If it is a failing for us, then it is also a possibility. It can be one of the great gifts of the faithful to the world to be the voice of encouragement in the wilderness. Not in a race to be pithy or trite, but in the sure and certain hope that we follow in the way of Jesus Christ on our wilderness journey. It is to trust in the story that we claim to stake our lives upon. Beloved, sometimes we need to be the voice for someone in the wilderness. Sometimes we need to hear reassurance from a neighbor. And sometimes we might even need to be the voice for ourselves. When we feel lost in our wildernesses, we can trust, we can trust enough to be the voice that we need to hear. Cleo Wade is a favorite of mine. She is a writer and a storyteller. And recently she told the story of an experience that she had in a counseling session. Of that experience, she said this, most of our two hours spent together was perfectly fine, but nothing, nothing really to write home about. Until this counselor asked me to think of the place as an adult where I felt safest. I immediately, Cleo said, I immediately thought of my apartment in New York City. It was the first apartment that was all my own. It wasn't that big or glamorous, but it was old and charming, and most importantly, it was all mine. It was the place where all of my girlfriends would gather, It was where I binged every episode of Scandal. It was where I wrote my first book. It was an old brownstone in the East Village across from my favorite park, and I loved everything about it. 
It felt like my first real home. And then the counselor asked me to envision my childhood self when she first started feeling unsafe and lonely. And I immediately thought of myself as a six-year-old when, I, when my parents got divorced. They asked, and then he asked me to close my eyes, to close my eyes and hold my six-year-old self's hand and show her around my apartment, my safe place, my home. He asked me to show her my first book, to turn the pages in front of her. He asked me to invite my friends over for dinner and introduce her to my chosen family, the people who cared for me, the people who supported me, the people who loved me. And then he asked me to look at her and let her know that it ends up being okay that she ends up being okay. Sometimes we need voices in the wilderness to remind us. And sometimes it is indeed the Spirit of God within us inviting us to take the hand of our younger selves and to show where we are. In Scripture, sometimes the most impactful questions come from the throwaway lines. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem, went into the temple, and when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Beloved, I do not venture to guess the wilderness that you find yourself in this morning. I cannot promise that things will not get more difficult before they get better. But I can tell you that the story that brought you to the sanctuary this morning The story that may you log on to this live stream, it is a story grounded in the sure and certain truth. The wilderness that you find yourself in this morning is not the end of your story. The God of all the universe is with you in that wilderness. She sees and will see you through it. So as we move into this most holy of weeks, as we ponder what was on the heart and mind of Christ as he looked out upon that holy space, as he breathed and took in that moment before the sun chased him back, as we look out upon this week and upon all that it holds, may we know the truth of the gospel this day. May we know that the God of all creation walks with us in our wilderness inviting us to be our best voice in that time, not just to ourselves, but to the whole world, to our neighbors in need of encouragement in their times of wilderness. May you know it to be true this day for yourself, and may you claim it for a fellow wanderer. In the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.